0: following episode of the drip was recorded on april 24th what can i say we're busy man
1: all right hey y'all welcome back to the drip we are the podcast where academics of color sit around and discuss great books each episode features a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to a broader conversation about race, culture, and politics—all the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out in coffee shops or in each other's homes, or when we are each still in our own homes. Because at least in Minnesota, it's still winter, and apparently it's in D.C., it's like summer. So you know, <laughs> things for happening. And also, very much in relationship to the book we're gonna sort of discuss today, shout out to independent bookstores. Go buy your books there and not through the evil website that shall not be named. (laughs) I am Anita Chikotur, the host for the show, and I teach in the Department of Educational Studies at Carlton College. Todd.
0: My name is Todd Lawrence. I teach in the English department at the University of St. Thomas. I teach African-American literature and expressive culture, folklore, and cultural studies. Nice. Crystal.
2: (laughs) Yes. I'm Crystal Moton, and I um, am a specialist in African American history, and I work at a museum in the DMV.
1: Yay. (laughs) We are thrilled today to be discussing The Sentence by Minnesota Makoche's own Louise Erdrich. Erdrich, who is an enrolled member of the Turtle Mountain of the Chippewa, has written 28 books, including fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and children's books. She has won numerous awards for her novels, including the National Book Award for Fiction for her novel, The Roundhouse, and the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction for her novel, uh, The Night Watchman. She's also the owner of Birch Birch Bark Books, which is a small independent bookstore in Minneapolis that focuses on Native American literature and the native community in the Twin Cities. And the bookstore actually plays a very prominent role in the sentence. So if you're in the Twin Cities and you haven't been there, go check it out. Also, before we dig in, spoiler alert, Just a reminder that when we discuss our books, we will talk about everything. As you may know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective. So consider this your perpetual, universal, all-encompassing spoiler alert. And there are some like small mysteries in the book, even though, you know, we can sort of just talk about sort of how that plays out. Uh, But, you know, sort of the big thing about this book that obviously sort of caught my attention when I sort of read the description of what it was going to be about is that it's set in Minneapolis between uh, November 2019 and 2020. And obviously a lot happens during that time, especially in the Twin Cities. And so I guess I wanted to start off by just asking the two of you how it felt to kind of read about this like very recent history um, in a place that obviously Todd and I live in and Crystal used to live in, right? So there's sort of a lot of resonance there. So yeah, I'm just gonna open it up with that
0: yeah it was pretty affecting to read that and to sort of go back and revisit um that time period and i think the thing there are a couple of things that strike me about it i think for me most of all is i forget i forget that covid was mm-hmm. uh, was underneath you know george floyd right like that mm-hmm. george floyd had COVID, right <laughs> like, like that's how close those two things were and so mm-hmm. um that spring and how things sort of amped up in terms of going from, what is this thing that I heard about in to now we're in our houses and not going out to, I just saw someone get murdered in front of my face and everyone's going out now, but it's also really mm-hmm. dangerous. And, you know, I think that part of the book where they are, you know, they're doing things that are necessary because of how people are responding to the murder of George Floyd, but they're also deathly afraid of getting sick and they're washing their hands. They're doing stuff that we don't really do now anymore because they Mm -hmm. didn't know how it was spread. Like I remember that moment, you know, where we, Mm -hmm. I I went to the grocery store for the first time with gloves on or, Mm -hmm. you know, came home and was like washing the packages of the food before putting them in the cabinet because we didn't know if that was a way that we could get sick. And so I think, yeah, that really, it really, I'm the kind of person who kind of moves past things pretty quickly, you know, but then just going, being forced to go back and kind of revisit that in the, in through the brilliant writing of this author, I just think is like, was really affecting.
2: Yeah, I totally, I agree. And I think that um, one of the differences for me is that, you know, I, this was the, you know, the summer, my first summer in DC, um, but I was in DC really feeling connected of course to the twin cities but not in the twin cities and so for me reading this book was almost like reading a primary source in a sense right um Mm -hmm. um, you know having friends like you all experiencing what was going on but not really being at, at at the at the center i felt like by learning or or by reading the lives of you know uh, Tuki and her family, I I got a sense of, okay, this is a primary source account, even though it was it's a fictionalized account. But I also think in terms of the fact that, you know, 40 years from now, this actually will be, right? Because novels are primary sources, right? So this will be a primary source account. Um, and so that struck me. But then the other thing that struck me, I think, was um, you know, live when I lived in the Twin Cities, I had this really um, strong sense of the of, of the of the the interconnection between Black and Native history, Black and Native culture, Black and Native politics, and I think I just maybe took that for granted living in the Twin Cities. Um, but but reading this book reminded me once again, right, of those interconnections, and I think it's something that the media did not pick up very well which is another reason why having this account, even though it's a fictionalized account means so much because you can look back at it and then realize, you know, here are the here are the interconnections, right? Here are, settler, here are the effects of settler colonialism, right? And here are ways in which black and native people are coming together to, to fight that, so.
1: Yeah, um, I, you know, when I first read this book, which was about like six months ago, I think, when it came out initially, I don't remember, I like literally just stopped through the second half of the book, right? I mean, I live, I don't know, five blocks away from the third mm-hmm. precinct, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily out there, but like, you know, from my apartment building, I could see the smoke of like the buildings wow. burning. And I remember watching, you know, they yeah. actually mentioned like the, watching the unicorn riot footage, mm-hmm. which I was doing mm-hmm. too, right? Like life mm-hmm. footage. And it was just so, Yes. I mean, and it's weird, yeah. right? Cause it's like, this also speaks to my own privilege of like how I've lived in the US, right? But like seeing those scenes and like, kind of being like, I cannot believe this is happening like five blocks from my house, right? That people are being tear gassed by the police. And I think that's the other thing, Todd. I was thinking about the COVID connection, right? That like we didn't know a lot about it, but we did know at that point that it affects our respiratory systems. Mm-hmm. And just like the cruelty of like tear gassing people during a pandemic with a disease that like affects your like respiratory system. Right. Just like the the like it like the double inhumanity of that, you know, of that um I think just like hit me again, right? Just like reading like Heda's sort of experience, like with the tear gas and like her then thinking about, right, whether it's gonna like be in my system while I'm gonna be breastfeeding my baby in a few hours, right? And just like all of that, right? And just like, I think, yes, fictional, but I feel like it's also sometimes fiction is like the truth, right? It's just kind mm-hmm. of, and she does draw on, I think, a lot of like actually what happened, right? Like she mentions like that journalist had her eye taken out and that actually did happen, right? It was like a woman journalist and like she did lose an eye. Um, but I think to your point, Crystal, I think like some of the things that I found the most moving was those like moments of solidarity, right? Kind of thinking about sort of the women dancing and like kind of dancing, but also even earlier, and this was on 248, um, you know, so she's sort of, I think this was there, I guess it was, like after they were at the third precinct, but she says, um, a grandmother from Leech Lake had called George Floyd our relative and she prayed for our relatives who long ago were brought to this land against their will. Um, and I was just like thinking about that, right? Just like how a lot of the times I think people pit, right? Like communities of color against each other because like exactly. somehow like our, you know our different interests somehow are in conflict with each other. And it's not to say like there's some like like, right we do have different histories and experiences but I do think like in those moments of like grief and in those moments of like anger against, right? Sort of white supremacy, like there is that like solidarity and I think of I think the other part I was like, you know she has that um, just like this list of name after name, right of like people, both native right and black right and brown and she, and this is um two ninety one and she's kind of thinking about, oh, and she's like quoting right sort of the child who was in the car when Philando Castile mm-hmm. um gets killed and like she you know she's telling her mom like I don't want you to get shooted um. And just like thinking about her experience, but also she says, you know, she's like listing all these experiences and she says, Indian after Indian and black after black and brown after brown person and other people, white people, men, women, shot for being off medications or running while black or having the tail light on or just knocking on the windshield by mistake. Um, and then she talks about how, right? Like we rarely hear about police killing of people because it's not necessarily like as publicized. Right, um, And then that, you know and she was sort of thankful for the witnesses with the cameras for shattering the truth and i don't know i just found those like just really moving moments right of her kind of talking about it from a perspective of an indigenous person right of like thinking about what happened um so yeah i don't know i i i think it sort of captures the truth of like how it felt for so many of us in that moment even though it's like through this like fictional character so Yeah,
0: I think it's you know also it's a testimony to her skill as a writer too. I mean this Mm -hmm. this could have not come off very well. I mean I I can think of a lot of ways where this wouldn't be very um, it would feel um, exploitative or you know it would just feel like it what didn't work. But I mean I really love this book despite how difficult it was at times and how personal it felt at times. And I think it's like. Again like the fact that it would feel personal to me um, who is not indigenous, who is not a woman, who is not you know like mm-hmm. who who has you know sort of removed from um, the point of view of the main character in so many ways, but um, she still feels so um, familiar to me and certainly the story that she's telling in a lot of ways feels so so familiar, which I think is one of Louise Erdrich's like great skills and and talents is to really draw in the reader that way. I th- I think also I wanted to go back to you know what you were saying about that emphasis on you know solidarity between um, Black and Indigenous communities and how those you know a special space like um, George Floyd Square became one of those places where you know Black and Brown and Indigenous people were gathering together. Um, to support each other and to um, you know to resist and refuse um, kind of uh, the state's imposition upon them, and I think you know like because my work you know following the the murders in street art, and I think there's this still this beautiful mural at George Floyd Square of Paul Castaway, who's an indigenous man who was killed in um, in Denver, I think, <clears throat> and that was one of the like they people sort of took over that place, that space of that Speedway gas station across the street from Cup Foods, and like when it got painted in a way that it exists still, I think today, the last time I was there, it included lots of representations of lots of different kinds of people, different communities, sort of like marked that space as a place where they could all gather together and support each other, you know. So I think I really do like that aspect of the book. I mean, I like a lot of aspects, but that's one that jumps out. Yeah,
2: I think one of the one of the things I think about in terms of Todd, your point about how this doesn't seem exploitative, part of it to me also is that how the books, the, the kind of the 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 timeline of the book, in the sense that it begins before um, the summer of twenty twenty, and it ends after, and 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 there's so many stories among the stories, right? And so there's just this depth that it's not just like we're writing about, she's writing about, you know, this one moment and just extracting whatever she can from that one moment, right? But it's this one moment in a series of many, many moments that actually, I mean, they even stretch, I think, further than 2019, 2020, yeah. right? Than the timeline, right? <laughs> and so for me, it's also, you know, you're on a journey of, um, especially Tookie's life, right? And this is, this is Tookie's experiences that we are you know, that we're going through with Tookie and her life is not the sum of this tragedy. And it's not, you know, and so we are, be- we are experiencing that and being exposed to that.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I, I totally uh, agree with that. Me too. I going to say the same thing that it's COVID's in this novel and George Floyd is in this novel and the uprising is in this novel, but it's not about that. Any of those, it's, it's about Tookie and her relationships and her understanding of herself and relationship to her identity and the community that she lives in and i mean it's about all these other things which everything that happens in that year is vital to understanding but it's not just about those things right and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i think yeah maybe that's what one of the reasons why i really love this book is because it's about relationships yeah and it's about like how relationships um are um you know colored by how we understand ourselves yeah right and and so there's a lot of like sort of struggle or um development around characters understanding themselves and sort of figuring out where they fit in this kind of larger picture that you know when these things happen to us we really had to think about right i mean and and sort of put pressure i mean if you're in if you're struggling with yourself and your relationship and then COVID hits, like you definitely got to think about that now, right? Right, it right. Mm-hmm. It exactly. More com- brings it more to the surface, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, what you see in this book. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think to build on both of those things, I mean, I think it's like partly doesn't feel exploitative because it's from Tuki's perspective, right? It's like mm-hmm. so grounded in like how she's trying to make sense of it and it's about, right? Like, and she has a particular experience and a past that also has to do with like incarceration and her dealings with the police and her take on like all of the like violence right it's not just like an abstract thing for her like that's like what she went through so I think there's like some of that Uh, but yeah I want to maybe like build on this notion of relationships because I think I was kind of thinking about right I think one of the other things that to me kind of is like you know the sort of the notion of like haunting right and hauntings right in the book right and obviously yeah. it's like the literal hauntings that there's like flora right. <laughs> like the ghost and who won't leave and there's like you know there's that but I just think about just like thinking about how we're like haunted or like shaped by the past in like so many ways right and for Tuki to think you know like her own past and like sort of the past of like that's in her lifetime but also like the past that's like her mother and her ancestors and, like, what happened in terms of, like, the white settler colonialism of, like, you know, people taking over Minnesota, right? There's, like, so, like, such a complex way of, like, thinking about the past that's, like, about, like, haunting, haunting us, right? And, like, how we think about this history? Um, So I was, like, that, I thought, like, the literal haunting was, like, a really beautiful, like, way of, for us to, like, get into this notion of, like, what does it mean to, like, be in relationship with people that won't leave us, right? And, like, won't like, that we can't just, like, get past, like, really easily, but also, like, you know, kind of at the end, right, there is sort of, like, this reckoning and a reconciliation in a way that's, like, you know, like, it does, like, close up some some of, like, her hauntings, but it, like, leaves open so much, so many other things, right, in terms of, like, how she then reckons with her own um, past, and so I just thought that that was, like, And I think this also gets at like the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is like just her writing and like the structure. And like, there's all this just like layers, (laughs) right? Of like Mm -hmm. all the things that she's looking at. And even like the title of the book, the sentence means like so many different things, right? In the book, because it's like literally the grammatical thing of the sentence, but she was like living out this like sentence, like really unfair sentence, right? That she gets from the judge. Um, So I guess, so maybe we can start with the relationships and this notion of like being haunted, all the various hauntings that come up in the book.
2: Yeah, I, I before, yeah, so so much, so much with that with those series of, of questions. Um, I I want to start with something that I that just came to mind as we were talking, and then as you raised those questions, Anita and I was we were in our pre conversation. We were talking about Tuki's name. Right, and how Mm -hmm. we don't really get a sense of how she got that name, where she, where it came from, and so a couple of things I've been thinking about, especially as we think about the past and relationships and connections. One thing is unconnected to that, and the other thing is connected. The one thing that I thought immediately when I heard Tookie's name, I was like, "Who was the black person, the black people in her family lineage?" Because that is a black nickname. Mm. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Tookie. Tookie. And so, so that was that, now, that's a side <laughs> note okay my real comment though is that um so like funny. as I've yeah. been as I've been thinking about tookie and like the name like took or taken mm-hmm. that is what I'm thinking about in terms of how the the past tense of take mm-hmm. took you know mm-hmm. how is that mm-hmm. connecting to this story you know what mm-hmm. is being taken or what has been mm-hmm. took? Mm-hmm. Right. And how is that affecting this character's life, you know, throughout the, um, throughout the story? Like what has she taken?
0: What well, got took it from her though? I exactly. mean, so yes. her life. Exactly. 60 year sentence,
2: exactly. exactly.
0: you know, 60 exactly. years for doing something that she didn't know she was doing. I mean, I, she knew right. it was a crime of it. <laughs> know right. what she was actually doing. Right. Exactly. And then she exactly. gets so, I mean, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. there's this sense of, injustice that mm-hmm. gets, uh, it gets made right only right. by this like really extraordinary hard work of like her lawyer and other people mm-hmm. who end up, you know, getting yeah. this um, sentence reversed or, you Reverse. know, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's a really great point, right? Like, but also yeah. you're right, like, what has she taken though? Um, <laughs> right. Which is another really good question as well. Um, I think, I thought when you first said that, I thought about even also her being, yeah, like, so if I go back to the um, sentence to her being incarcerated, it, similar to the woman in uh, Flora's book, who is mm. um, taken hostage mm-hmm. yes, by the white right. woman. And True. in a sense, mm-hmm. like, he gets taken hostage by white mm-hmm. society. Yes. You know, yes. like, I mean... Again, like I think we're going to be doing stuff like this as we talk about this book where I don't exactly know how to put it all together, but you will see these kind of like echoes, mm-hmm. right? Like an echo on this level Um, because it feels like a kind of um, like a, a room where things are just reverberating around yes. in the room and yes. it's mm-hmm. coming back to you. You keep hearing like a version of that uh, that thing again and that you hear it again from this direction and you hear it again from this direction and then eventually it kind of like oh that's what that is you know right. so i think right. i'm still it's still coming to me like the echoes are still kind mm-hmm. of washing over me mm-hmm. and i'm trying to put the pieces together but i hear the echoes right. and to me that, that means that they're important because they get repeated i mean i say that to students all the time in literature classes if an author is repeating something again and again and again, you better pay attention to it, right? And I think right. that we definitely get those echoes in this book and we're trying to figure out like, what does it mean exactly?
1: And I actually really love reverber- reverberations. I even mean, though that's a hard word for me to say apparently, as opposed to like hauntings, right? Like I love that. T- I think it's kind of thinking about echoes of the past and right, like what does that mean? Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I don't know why I hadn't thought about that, like parallel between Tukey being locked up and imprisoned and, like, the, the Native woman and um, sort of the history of, like, Flora's family being, like, locked up and imprisoned. Um, but, yeah, that makes, like, so much sense to me. But also, I mean, I feel like it's also, like, interesting to think about, yes, right, obviously it's not, like, one person anymore, right? I mean, so I think it's also just about, like, how, like, white supremacy kind of, act, like, plays out both in these, like, individual moments and individual interactions with individual people, but also, like, how it works, like, in these like larger systems and structures, right? Cause she talks about um, when the judge basically sentenced her to like 60 years. Like she has this line sort of on page 22, right? And she's like talking about that. And she's like, oh yeah, right. Also Native Americans are the most over-sentenced people currently imprisoned, right? I, right. And she says, I love statistics because I place what happens to a scrap of humanity like me in a worldwide scale. Right, for example, Minnesota, and she goes on like to talk about this. So I do think it's like interesting to like think about like these like, she's like this one person, right? It's like her story, but like her story, like reverberates, right? Mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. history, but also mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. how do you as a novelist, like bring in that larger history without making it like a social science text, right? right. And I think that like speaks to like Erdrich's like,
2: Yes. Incredible talent. Yes. Because-, because oh, Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, Because part of what I see happening here is that, you know, we are on Tookie's journey as she builds her own analysis about what she's going through. Right. And so in a sense, I mean, Urge could have done this in a way that was kind of um, demeaning or overbearing, Mm -hmm. but what we get is just like, she's doing it in a way where we're all learning together and we're learning from Tookie. Right. And it's not demeaning Tookie in the process. And I think that is, That's why, I I don't know, Mm -hmm. it just works so well, her narrative strategy.
0: um, I think you're, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, she's, first of all, Tookie is a really likable character.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I liked her from the very beginning, um, even though I knew she was about to do something that was probably (laughs) not advisable. Right. But she was, you know, I think I liked her because she told us why she was going to do it because right. she was in love with that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if she didn't, like, we didn't have many more details than that. Um, it was pretty clear that she would she would do something if she thought it was something that she wanted to do for the reasons that she wanted. And it was like, what, $26,000, $27,000 she was going to get to, right? Like, okay, that's good enough for me. And right. of course, there are ramifications to that. But anyway... I liked right. her from the very beginning, and I felt like she is on a journey of self-discovery and development, yes. like she's yes. developing as a person. And even in those moments where it seems like she might be resisting it or she doesn't understand, um, she still is open you know, to what uh, other people have to, you know, to, to say to her. I mean, particularly like Pollux. I mean, we were talking before we started to record about their relationship and how that's a little bit mysterious to us, like how they, why they got together at at the beginning. But I did say, you know, he takes care of her. He's such, he's a good man. And he, he too is, is developing as a person is changing as a person through their relationship with each other. Um, it was not a challenge to go on this journey with her, even though she was moving through these events and moments in history and places and everything that were traumatic. That were sometimes shocking, and um, yeah, and one other last thing, I just wanted to ask you guys. So I was thinking, you know, you said that I didn't realize I'd said like the difference between um, haunting and reverberations, but I wondered if uh, another thing is like when I think about haunting as it's like represented in a movie or something like that, it's it's terror terror. It it's uh, we feel terror because we don't know why it's happening. Or we can't explain it. And I think what we see in this book is we see a haunting that gets resolved by being explained. like why it's it's happening. Like you're only at the mercy of haunting when you can't explain why it's happening or you can't stop it or um, but you you you're it's like out of your control. I think that's one way we can think about these other kinds of hauntings. Even that we can't explain, but that we can't stop. So something like settler colonialism, which is an ongoing thing, is still happening. I mean, if you look at any the the the, the Twin Cities is a there we're it's a haunted space. Yeah, because yes. mm-hmm. there are all these. I mean, you can see like they're every. I live two blocks away from Minnehaha Avenue, and like there are all these, all these streets mm-hmm. named after Dakota with Dakota names mm-hmm. and Anishinaabe names. names. Um, but the land has been stolen, and there is an mm-hmm. effort to erase the people yeah. who the, the, the those language who spoke those languages, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. the haunting is both uh, a kind of perverse presence of the of the theft and an attempted mm-hmm. erasure of the people, right? Right, and so we know. I mean, and the thing is, like, most people just don't pay attention to it; like, they just don't mm-hmm. care about yep. it. Yeah, but it's pretty easy to like, see it and understand it. And the question is like, do we try to um, deal with it or respond to it? Or, you know, in some way, address it? Um, Because that's really difficult to do, you know, it means like to change the way that we think about our place, change the way we think about our relationship with other people, um, particularly, you know, like our indigenous um, members of our community. They are members of our community. They are here, you know. Like that's the thing. Like, I'm, I, you know, I am don't in any way claim to be able to like speak for Indigenous people or um, to have any sort of expertise on the experience of Indigenous people in this in in this state or in this country or in this community in particular. But one thing I can say with with utter clarity and certainty is that they are here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. they exist Mm -hmm. for so many Mm -hmm. people, even in a urban area like this, where there is, there are so many um, indigenous people. um, My students act like they have never seen a person, an indigenous person or never don't Mm -hmm. know. It's like, how does this happen? Right. Right. Right.
1: How does Does this happen in terms of like people not recognizing it? That, they're still here is that what you mean or
0: yeah well how i mean yes yes i think that's what i mean
1: i mean it happens because we don't teach children about it right because i I mean it's funny because i was just like reading this article that i'm gonna be teaching in my class about they do this like analysis of social studies state standards Mm -hmm. right and kind of looking at like how many standards actually refer to or speak about indigenous communities right i mean a there are very few but like majority of the very few that exist is all about Indigenous peoples, like pre-1900s, right? Like there's like very, 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 very few, right, sort of standards that speak to the thriving Indigenous communities that are in like every place, right? I mean, including, right, Minneapolis, which has one of the largest urban Indigenous populations. So like, that's how it happens, right? Yeah. We don't want to like read about the past because it does haunt us, right? It mm-hmm. is like the places we live, like every place where we are is Indigenous land, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what is that like do to us right to like actually acknowledge that and mm-hmm. right and especially maybe for white settlers right and like thinking about sort of like you're implicated right mm-hmm. like everybody's implicated in different ways but like especially white settlers are like implicated so I do think that I mean so um so I was thinking about this was quote on like 81 where uh Tuki's talking to Azima and you know they're talking about Flora and like you know so she's like you know like Flora's a real ghost and she's kind of talking about that uh but then she says and this is Azima, and as Azima says, think about, think how white people believes, uh, believe their houses or yards or scenic overlooks are haunted by Indians when it's really the opposite. Mm. We're haunted by settlers and their descendants. Yeah. We're haunted by the American Medical Museum and countless natural museum histories and small-time museums who have their unclaimed bones. We're haunted by, Azima, you're forgetting. A people who see themselves primarily as victims are doomed, and we are not doomed. And I feel like Todd, that speaks to like your point about like how in this, like the haunting gets resolved. But there's also things that it gets resolved by like a collective effort, right? Like there's mm-hmm. like, everybody's like researching this, like what's happening to Florida, like who, you know, what's happening. And like Azima's doing all this like historical research, pens like doing her own thing. And like the way they get her out is like this collective effort to like get the haunting out. And I feel like that just to me speaks a lot to like, how do we think about reckoning with the past and the reckoning with the past and moving forward has to be this like collective thing right it can't just mm-hmm. be like individually we're gonna somehow like get rid of our past or sort of like reckon with our past and like you know kind of figure it out from there and i just think that's like a really important thing that i got from the book too right like that like really powerful moment where like they literally get flora out there everybody comes right to like get mm-hmm. flora out <laughs> so mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. think it's like early important. like i thought it was gonna be well and you and i that.
0: think i think as a uh, amazing point. It's so important. And you can't uh, rectify the haunting and be the same afterwards, right? Like they mm-hmm. they give her something, they have to figure out like, what does she want? What can we get? What can we give to her? And then? Yep. you know, I think mm-hmm. that took you realize that, like in the in, you know, giving over or giving for what she wants that she's been changed too. because mm-hmm. but I love I love the point that you made about it being a collective community effort to respond to this situation, because initially it's just Tookie who is being sort of terrorized right. by the haunting, right. um, but then it's like a little bit, you know, um, one other person, you know, like suddenly they realize that if one person who's a part of their community is haunted, that they're all haunted. Mm-hmm. And they all have to right. work together to try yeah. to, to. Um, to do something about it, right? Yeah. It will yeah. not be the same after they do, they'll be transformed by right that effort.
2: Yeah. And I I, I think oh go ahead, go ahead. I was I was just gonna say one of the things that strikes me about kind of this collective action is that they decide so well we're gonna whether or not we've actually experienced the haunting or not, we're gonna believe mm. that it's happening, right? Mm. And I think Mm-hmm. In our society, yeah. I mean, it's like we mm-hmm. don't believe black trauma. Right. We don't believe we we think it's it, it, they, they be, there might be some microaggressions, but you know, we going to downplay them. Racism mm-hmm. isn't real, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one way of dealing with 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 the haunting is to say, "Okay, well we believe you." And because of our belief yeah. in in you, we're going to collectively work together, but it, it starts with saying, Hey, I'm going to believe this person is being haunted, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though I don't right. even, maybe I haven't even experienced it.
1: Right. No, that's a really good point. Um, that Tuki's not gaslit, right, by anybody in the store. There like everybody go. believes yes. her, even though it's yes. like they, yeah. some of them do, right? Like I think it's it Azima who does see, I forget, like there's like some of them right. who, who do well, see Paul Florence.
0: Alex is, is a little bit resistant, but yeah. he never tells Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's
1: true that's true but mm-hmm. he also then like takes back i mean she uh, i think she misunderstands why he doesn't like yes. a ghost right because yes. like she thinks that it's not that he doesn't believe in it but he actually doesn't like talk about it because it's like actually really powerful right so he's like so she doesn't talk to him but it, i think he would have been actually receptive to it is like yes. what she like understands mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i think the uh, just the one thing i wanted to go back to the collective mm-hmm. thing is because i think that is really different than all those like white women who show up including flora who want like individual absolute abs- yes. abs- is that a word? What's is that the word? Um, right. So they yes. want to be like absolved of right. their like white guilt, white whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like individually, right? So they're like, I mm-hmm. know, show- like, I mean, I thought some of those scenes were actually. That's the other thing I feel like the book is like they're just like really funny moments. Right. And, <laughs> Where it's like the you know like the white woman who like shows up with the bones, and I'm just like, oh my god, what is right. happening? What's going on here? <laughs>
0: like, She's like, doing you them a what? favor, right? Like, she-
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> what Mm -hmm. and I know that happens and it's just like I mean she does it so well right because it's like you just get it from like Tuki's perspective just kind of being like what's happening here but also it happens all the time to them right like people show up to their store right kind of like wanting these like individual stories Uh, but I think like I think the other thing that I really loved about Tuki and the book is just like all this humor and like how even when you know, there's that scene where like Azima's like explaining all the history, mm-hmm. just like how she was talking about Azima just yeah. like kind of poking fun of her kind of being the like professor, but also professor. Yeah. right, we get the history at the same time, but it was also just like really funny to me like how she's like sort of analyzing that moment. Um mm-hmm. so I do think that like I think that's yeah, the other thing that i really appreciate about this book is just sort of a little bit of like uh what is that word? Like self-awareness or kind of like mm-hmm. it's it's like yes. aware of like the fact that they're like preaching this history at us because like we not preaching but like lecturing like this mm-hmm. history because like we need to know it. Yeah. Yes. But also it's kind of funny in this moment because like, you know she's like lecturing to two other indigenous people. Uh, <laughs> right. so kind like, of like that as like a reader kind of like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm learning, but also it's kind of this like funny moment like in the novel because it's like it's like self-aware if it's kind of like what's happening. But, I but think yeah the other, I the
2: other thing I think that points out to is that I mean, I think you know just just like you know we know that all black people are not experts in black history. Right. right. And so, yes, we are we are people of African descent, but we don't know all there is to know. And that's that's kind of how I read that moment, too, It's like, well, there are some parts of, you know, Native history that maybe I need to be schooled on. And, and maybe, you know, <laughs> right. Tuki felt that way as well. Maybe Asima felt that way as well, um, because <laughs> right. it, it's, it's like I think it's, in some ways you know we can box all of this knowledge in right by just thinking oh because i'm mm-hmm. in this black or i'm in this native body i just you know have an innate understanding no. or knowledge right. of the history and culture that has come before me and no i mean it, it takes study right it takes um mm-hmm. in, in, in an effort to study and know especially when there have been uh forces that have tried to erase
0: right mm-hmm. your right.
2: history and culture so i was i all have to say i was appreciating um, yeah, that as well.
0: Same. Yeah. yeah, and and the fact that that's done collectively too, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. is right. what you were saying before. Yeah. I was thinking um, this idea about, well, I was thinking about the um, confessional and mm-hmm. um, mm. how it, the the that notion of individual, like people wanting individual absolution, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I guess is how like a confessional works, right? But n- not seeing, n- not seeing like themselves connected to the larger community or the historical kinds of realities that have happened over time um, that you're sort of connected to a society or something like that. I mean, I, I I'm trying to think about how that having that confessional in the middle of the store um, kind of what it says about um, what people want and how people can actually forgive each other or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Reckon with with the pain that they've caused each other, or to mm. recognize the ways that they're connected to each other, um, mm. in, you know, over time or in a, in a particular moment. I guess I'm just thinking about, again, like Tuki and Flora, uh, an indigenous woman, a white woman, who thinks she's indigenous and wants to be indigenous, but has to has to like r- reckon with the fact that she is not the uh the the oppressed but the oppressor and then you know tookie having to sort of reckon like we didn't even we haven't really even talked about her mother and her addiction mm-hmm. and the guilt that tookie feels about um her mother's death um the way that she mm-hmm. treated her which would be totally understandable under those conditions mm-hmm. and then to know that um, that Flora had something to do with like protecting her or allowing her to like, even be born, you know. So, I don't know, like, there's all these. I guess it's back to haunting and it's back to, you know, like, um, self regard and sort of understanding, mm-hmm. development, and recognition to forgiveness and grace, mm-hmm. all these things, which mm-hmm. are part of like a real functioning. Um, community that can move forward. And there's so many uh demonstrations of that in this book, but then we also see like the the police response to the uprising is an example of, of the opposite of that, right? Like we mm. see a community grappling with its inability to listen to each other mm. and to like give allow grace. I mean, you were just saying like not too long ago about, you know, the thing about getting tear gassed when we're in the middle of a pandemic that affects people's respiratory mm-hmm. systems, the fact that, you know, the state immediately goes to violence right. um, and incapacitation as a way right. to control, control. You know, yeah, control bodies, right? Like that's the yeah. opposite of what's happening in the, the other relationships in the book, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that moment where she's like talking about uh, thanking Flora, right? So it's like 356. And um, she says like, all right, Flora, I give up. You saved my mother. You did a lot. Wait, it struck me. Maybe I owed Flora everything. To mm. get my mother sober, drugless, probably even well hydrated while she was pregnant with me. Possibly I owed Flora points in the IQ test I took that apparently, Jackie told me later, it was thought I somehow cheated on possibly i would flora my love of books my words my survival but did i have to thank her <laughs> was a bully thank you a real thank you and since the thank you was coerced, could i coerce flora back or fool her mm. and I, you know and then she does mm. go on to say right like miigwetch and like thank you for saving my life um and p- potentially that's what i got flora out although we don't really know it could be any of those things mm. but i do think about like i think it's interesting to think about sort of like Forgiveness and but also like gratitude, right? Like, do we owe people gratitude when, like, I mean, a Flora did all these things and it's not like took you, I mean, took it was a baby, like, what you know, what did she know, right? Like, so does she owe like does she owe Flora gratitude? But also, in that moment, it was just this, like, okay, maybe I'll just say it, and, but maybe it became real, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about that, right. but also, I think there's like a moment of like forgiving herself maybe for what she mm-hmm. did to her mom and understanding like why she did it, right? And what she was kind of doing that moment. So I wonder if it's also just about being able to like forgive yourself and not needing like other people to forgive you. Because I think sometimes that's also kind of this thing about like white guilt is that like they need, right? Some person of color to like absolve of, of like their guilt. And I'm kind of like, you kind of need to do that for yourself, yeah. right? And then like move on to figure out how to, like, you know, save your life in a way maybe that works against racism, instead of the like colonialism. But I think it's sort of just, yeah. So I do think it was kind of this interesting moment where she's like, do I have to say thank you, even though maybe I owe her my life? Because <laughs> it's like, is it really, you know, is it fair?
0: I think it's, I think that's a really great question. <laughs> and I don't really know the answer to it. But I mean, I I mean, just when you said that made me think about why do some people need? Well, I guess I was thinking about me. Like, um, <laughs> I think like, I'm like anybody else. And I've done tons of stuff in my life that I wish I hadn't done. And I've sta- stood aside and not said stuff when bad things were happening. And I wish I would have stopped it or spoken up or whatever. I don't think about those things as like, man, I need to go back and find all those people and apologize to them. I mean, I think as I've you know grown and become more mature, I thought like, this is something that I have to grapple with on my own. Um, and although I sometimes like need the help of other people to tell me that you're a good person or like to re- reassure me those of those things that okay. I think are true about myself, but I don't know for sure. It all really is it's something that has to take place inside, which <clears throat> makes me you know, sort of think again about, I mean, Florida, Flora s- still was like trying to coerce. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess we don't really know why why she was doing what she was doing. I mean, we can only right. ha- you know come to some um, speculative conclusions about why she was doing what she was doing. If she was, if she really did just want to be recognized for having done this for um, Tookie, then that does seem like a kind of coercive, haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if she was looking for something else or, or, you know, I don't know what it is like in the movies that goes <laughs> that always looking some sense of peace, you know, like some, some sense of resolution right. or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I, I, that this is really interesting to me. And I, I, I want to think more about it. It makes me think about Tookie as a character as well. And what that she needs something similar. And I think, you know, the mm. way that the novel ends is just like with love, like it's it actually ends beautifully. It's harrowing.
1: With the baby, yeah. yeah
0: but I'm thinking like the whole time when Pollux is sick, right, again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Time where people were in the hospital fighting for their lives, you know, and he is definitely in that situation. And like, you can't go see them and you have to just like go on with your life, which she has to do. Um, yeah. And all of this happens that we're talking about with Flora, happens while he's in the hospital, right? If I'm right, if I'm right, um, if I'm remembering right. And then mm-hmm. once that is re- resolved, which I guess we think that it is, then in the end, it's really about her. And it's that, yeah. it's with you're right, that that moment where, where he falls asleep. He teaches her, he, te- yeah. he helps her start the fire, he falls right. asleep, and then she's looking at the baby. And it's like this sort of moment of like new life. and Oh, you were gonna say something there
2: though. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was gonna chime in and say that in terms of thinking about the reason why Flora is haunting. I mean, I actually don't think it's because she wants to thank you from Tookie or any type mm. of recognition. I think she wants Tookie to know who she is mm. because mm. Flora dies because she learns who she is. Right. Mm. Right, and so I think Flora wants Tookie to know who she is, what her past is, you know and in some ways to to move on from that in some ways but I don't yeah I just think Flora wants Tookie to know um and I think in the end
0: who is the who is the she in your sentence
2: oh uh Flora wants Tookie to know who Tookie is
0: who Tookie is okay okay yes yes sorry Too, (laughs) too (laughs) too many pronouns either way but I was like that's important, so yeah, yes,
2: yes, yes. Um, and I think it's Tookie who thinks, okay, well, let me thank Flora, right. Let me thank mm-hmm. Flora for um, you know, all of these things that now, in hindsight, I can see she played a part in. Um, but I don't think the haunting was because, oh, I mean, in some ways, you know, uh, Flora is this like we we see her character as this one that's like, oh, I want to get my credit. I want to I'm doing this for you. I want to give you these beads so you can say I did a good job with this bead work. You know, like we see we see Flora, we see Flora as that type of character. Um, but when I think about how Flora died, right, because mm-hmm. of a, a knowledge killed her mm-hmm. i think that is connected to them why she is trying to get to yeah. get to know something you know? yeah so no i agree because that's one thing right yeah, uh, what did you say uh,
0: uh, i was just gonna say it's actually an admirable motivation
1: yeah i was like maybe she, she also kind of like gotten enlightened in some ways right in her depth somehow right like kind of thinking about it because i was thinking on 360 she says um so this is when like we get to learn her name right so my name is lily Florabella Bella Truex Dupre named after the woman who helped my mother, the one who became my ghost. And then she says, Flora had flung down books with my name. I accept mm-hmm. the name, but not as I expected, uh, accepted the mashed, um Rubegas. I'm still Tookie and she's still Flora. But yeah, so Flora, Flora was trying to teach her about, mm-hmm. not teach her, but like tell her about the right. name, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's like interesting that like, right? Like, yeah, like, I guess we haven't talked about this and I guess we are run- kind of running out of time, but like even the book, that she like tries to destroy and it doesn't get destroyed and i was kind of like is that like a metaphor for like you can't really just like burn up or cut up the past yeah. like is that yeah. sort of like what was happening
0: can bury point? it either yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> right and so people try to do can, it all but the time else is
1: gonna dig it up <laughs> yeah. exactly well and it so
0: and it works both in terms of like individual people mm-hmm. families yeah. but mm-hmm. also communities right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. The, the, on the level of the community itself we cannot you know, destroy or ignore the past. I mean, there's that one, there's a paragraph in there and I won't be able to find it because I'm looking at an um, electronic device. But um, uh, where she talks about basically like the sort of bloody history of Minnesota mm-hmm,
2: and that mm-hmm.
0: um, as a settler colonial space. and um, And again, like that, it's not something that you just move past and forget. You cannot forget it. You can bury it. You can try to burn it. You can try to ignore it. And it's always going to be there. Um, It's always going to be there, lurking. And those maybe that kind of that's another sort of definition of haunting is when you try to ignore it. You know Mm -hmm. it's there, but you try to ignore it, but it's Mm -hmm. always there. You know, just sort of like looking Mm -hmm. at. So maybe those efforts to like erase indigenous presence from the landscape and from um, the community will never be successful because there will mm-hmm. always be a way that their presence haunts mm-hmm. um, everyone who tries to act to act like they are no longer here, right? And it's only mm-hmm. when everybody sort of comes together and like tries to deal with the situation collectively that anything mm-hmm. can be accomplished, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's, I look at like, um, I'm gonna try to say this uh, uh, carefully. I look at situations where I see predominantly white institutions and or groups or, um, uh, you know, like organizations trying to deal with this. And they're trying to like, deal with it without the input of indigenous people. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. sort of like, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna say this, and we're going to here's our land acknowledgement or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is that they're doing, that has that's not collective that's not um, mm-hmm. with the collaboration of Mm-mm. the actual people who it affects the most you know right right mm-hmm. and so i think this book yeah. really shows us and makes that argument for collective um mm-hmm. kind of dealing with these issues which affect all of us yes. Affects some people more than others but it affects all of us right 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 because right.
1: we're all haunted by
0: it
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: Crystal, were you gonna say? Did you? Yeah,
2: something? I was gonna. I was trying to see if we would just organically talk about this, but I don't think we will. So I'm just gonna abruptly insert <laughs> the fact that um, <laughs> we did uh, uh, s- <laughs> something that came up in this novel—a um, reference and actually a discussion of Empire of Wild and yeah. also the, the, yes. the, the, the character the of the Roguru, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and so I was really, um, as I was reading this, I was remembering kind of. Empire of Wild Everything. and mm-hmm. some of the discussions mm-hmm. we had about um kind of the the the, the character of Rogaros. But then also I just thought it was I mean I really love Tookie as a character because when she was interacting with Laurent, I think it I forgot where it was, but she just came out and was like, Sir, are you a Rogaro? <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: well, I think
2: it was a George Floyd Square, right? It like was. In, I like, think so. and yes, like <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Just it tell was. me. Right, just tell me. And then she was like his his whole Demeanor changed and she got her Oh, answer. maybe it was
1: before that. You're right. Maybe it was before yeah. that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. And, and, and then he came he came to he came to their house and he told the whole story about how his great 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 grandpa, you know, and I was just like, wow. And then he was carrying he was carrying around Empire Wild and stuff. Mm-hmm. So right. I like, wow. and, like trying to like pop it off to people, like <laughs> right? Like that's where they see him at the yes, restaurant. Exactly. Where he was
1: like trying to give it to somebody. Nobody. And so I love that like Yes. in text like sort of a textual reference to that exactly, <laughs> so, exactly and i was like hey i actually know what that's about,
2: about we it. We it. Right, <laughs> right but I, w- <laughs> I want to make sure uh we we mentioned that at least
0: <laughs> well yeah. and i yeah. i, I love that i'm glad you brought that up and and i that was another aspect of the book that i loved as well Is like as you said you know it's reference to other books and how yeah. it's the whole construction is really dependent upon other books like It echoes other books. Mm, It alludes to other books. It quotes other books.
2: Yes, Um, Mm -hmm. and
0: then at the end you have a list of you know, yeah, yeah, you know, and um, it, it was you know like I liked like I thought it was a. I didn't totally like, they're not all my favorite books, but some of my favorite books are on her list. And of course it's her yeah. list. So why, who am I yeah. to judge her list, you know? <laughs> um, but I think it's- I think And it does
1: book, say totally biased list. Of right, totally biased.
0: <laughs> I think, it's, I think her, her list of books, like, I think that that is, if, each one of us if we were to Mm -hmm. make Mm -hmm. a list of books that you know we think are the best would say something about us and it says you know it's 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 vital to the story and the way that it's told and it tells us something about about Tookie you know Mm -hmm. and it tells us something about the way that her life changed through um essentially literacy right like you know having access to like sometimes not having access to books right, and then later right. having access to like all the books <laughs> and uh, then choosing yeah. the ones that are most important to you, you know, like, exactly. I love that kind of, um I forget what the name of the guy was like, Miss Disappointment. Roland. Roland. Yeah,
1: yeah. Roland. The where satisfaction. The yes. satisfaction,
0: yeah, where she <laughs> was always trying to like, you know, suggest a good book for him that he hadn't read before. And
1: yeah, yeah,
0: I just, yeah, I love that, you know, and I think, you know, um in with us and our friends like i think we talk to each other through books and we give each other yeah. books all the time you know and and so i think of like my my relationship with my mom mm-hmm. um, we have like a bookish relationship she reads of course every book that we do on this show and yeah well that that was like when i talked to her on the phone she'd always be like what are you reading and i'll be like oh, i'll read this and i i came to books through her because she yes. always had a box of books somewhere or Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the shelf, you know, and um, I read all of her books that she got from the book of the month club, some of which I probably shouldn't have been. (laughs) reading,
2: But yeah, I love that
0: about this book. It's a a celebration Mm -hmm, of literature mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm, a a celebration mm -hmm. of writing and, and authorship and, and creativity.
1: But also I love that. And maybe we could wrap up around this. Like we're on a podcast about books and we're reading a book about books, but it ends, the list ends by saying Tookie's quote, right. Which says, book contains everything worth knowing, except what ultimately matters. (laughs) And I love that, like, Mm -hmm. sort of like, yeah, I just love Mm -hmm. that. Maybe we can uh, (laughs) sort of wrap up there. And thank you, Lewis Urdrich, for this beautiful book and for helping us kind of reflect on our own lives during that time and Mm -hmm. sort of what we all went through as a community, as individuals. And I hope that, you know, I I hope that we do keep reckoning with all of what had happened then, so... All right. Um, so we're going to round off, round off, wrap up, whatever we're doing. <laughs> Roundhouse. <laughs>
2: Roundhouse.
1: Uh, go, going around and talking about uh, what's something we're doing, reading, watching, listening to, eating, something that we're enjoying. Um, so Todd, do you want to start us
2: off?
0: I would love to start us off. Okay. So I'm going to talk about two shows because I don't have any books except for ones that I'm reading for a class, which I could talk Damn. about, but it would be too involved, I think. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've been uh, obsessed with a number of shows uh, recently, and I wish I had talked about this one the last uh, time we recorded, because then it would have sounded like, it would have been more, not that many people knew about it back then. Now, a lot of people know about it. And that's the show Severance on um, <laughs> TV. And this is a show um, that uh, the premises. Um, the the characters work for this company called lumen which you can volunteer to have this procedure done to you where um while you're at work you won't remember your life outside of work and while you're outside of work you don't Mm. remember your work life oh your your memory is is severed uh so to speak and it's sort of like about this company and about these characters who had this done to them who work in this department together there's Mm. four of them and um eventually they basically like um move toward the revolution where they uh have a revolt against the company um anyway it's super super good i highly highly recommend it um the first season just ended so you can actually now binge it if you wanted to oh okay you would probably want to that was the th- i was most of what is it on it's on apple tv okay um i was most frustrated because apple was only releasing it like once a week and i was like what kind of animals would do this to us you know <laughs> <laughs> we're so spoiled by um <laughs> okay so that's that's my first show and then my second show it, this one is still going actually i'm gonna say two more shows i'm sorry i'm hogging this but nope. um this the one show is called winning time the rise of the la lakers dynasty and it sounds it's it's on hbo and it sounds kind of dumb and it sounds good but it's actually really 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 good and it's about like the lakers like when dr jerry buss bought the lakers the same year that um magic johnson they drafted magic johnson and they also won the championship that year and it's just like about all the crazy stuff that happened in turning the lakers into maybe not what they are now because they suck this year and um, i'm not a fan so i'm being totally objective but um, but in this uh, sort of um, organization that uh, has a tradition of winning, maybe until the last few years. I recommend that one. And then I just started watching on HBO another show that's called Our Flag Means Death, which is about, um, it's, <laughs> it's about pirates, but it's about this guy, it's actually a historical person who was, this oh. guy, I forget what his name was, uh, but he basically um, was a, Wealthy guy, and um, he gave he like left his family and became a pirate and like hooked up with with Blackbeard, and like that it was his dream to become a pirate. <laughs> and it, it was like his family life was weighing him down. Like he didn't want to get married. He was, you know, his de- his family made him marry this woman that he didn't love, and so he left her and he built a pirate ship and then he left her and became a pirate. And it's super fun, <laughs>
1: interesting, weird
0: ass show. And it's like what is
1: called a flag means death. our
0: flag means death. It's okay. kind of like a, it's a little bit of a queer show. Like there's a some a queer relationship in it, and I won't give that away. But um, yeah, I kind of like it. I haven't watched the whole season, but so far I'm, I like it a lot. All
1: right, thanks, Todd. Todd's been watching a lot of TV. That's what yeah. we're proud yeah.
0: of I should be episode. reading more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all right, Crystal. Yeah. We'll so I
2: um I have recently uh, been reading this book of short book of poetry. I don't know if you all know the poet Kate Bear. Um, the, so the title of the collection is, I hope this finds you well. And it's a book of poetry that she's created poems basically from like, uh, text. So like either social media, hate mail, uh, uh, articles, etc So let me just, let me just read this little short one. So the short, the, she'll take a text and then from that text, she'll pull words from that text and create another poem. All right. Mm. So the, the, the title of this is re leaving the White House from Donald J. Trump to Mike Pence. You can either go down in history as a patriot, Mr. Trump told him, according to two people briefed on the conversation, or you can go down in history as a P word. The name for a woman's, yes. Okay, and so her take on this poem is, you can go. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 are on that text. <laughs> so it's like little short little text and then she'll rewrite it based on
0: words
2: oh. and then it, and it's and it's not just oh, based on the cool. words it's where the word is in the they, original text
0: those are they call mm. them erasure poems okay
2: okay. Erasure oh, poems. okay it is so it is so good it yeah. is so good oh fun so good. okay
0: yeah, so. I'm that's, that's what, that's what a i tree. Uh,
2: yeah, that's what I read it, and it's so funny. Uh, shout out to my aunt Azella, who she sent me a screenshot of one of the poems, and I was like, "I have got to buy this I book. need <laughs> it." Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes, yay to literary families! Um, of course, I was making fun of Todd, but both neither of my recommendations are books either. Um, so, uh, first, I want to recommend that if it's playing somewhere near you by the you know by the time we put this episode out, still. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is the Michelle Yeoh movie. And it's, I don't know, it's about like the multi-wars, blah, 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 but really it doesn't matter because it's just like a love letter to Michelle Yeoh and it is a love letter that I would definitely endorse. Um, so go see it, support movies because we so need like way, way, way more movies with like Asian American women in their 50s, like kicking butt. So yeah, so it's just super fun. And the other uh, thing is this album I've been listening to that somebody recommended by Joy Dokun. O-L-A-D-O-K-U-N and her album is called In Defense of My Own Happiness um, and it's kind of like those you know woman with the guitar and like I don't know a lot of the songs are kind of melancholy and maybe because of the weather I've just been like digging it so I've been listening to that um, sort of this week and kind of um, lo- lo- loving it so that's my second recommendation so alright so um, but don't worry we do read books because the next book that we're going to be discussing <laughs> is called Borderless by Namrata Podar. So that's going to be our May book. And then the one that we we're going to get to after that is called Vagabonds by Ella Gosha Asunde, Hope I'm saying that name right. So we're sort of excited about both of those books. They're pretty new and sort of different ones of us kind of found it. And we're like kind of excited to dig into those. So Borderless by Namrata Podar next. And as always, you can find the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, all the places where you can find podcasts. Please get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't done so. And please keep staying safe because just because we're over the pandemic does not mean that the pandemic is over. So thank you for listening. And we're sending out big virtual hugs to you all.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. This has been another somewhat brand new episode of The Drip, recorded remotely from St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Washington, D.C. The show is written, produced, and directed by Anita Chickatur, Crystal Moten, and me, Todd Lawrence. We are the all spoilers collective special thanks to lord jordan x of kansas city missouri for our music and we'll be back in june with a new episode on the novel borderless by namrata podar grab your copy and we'll see you then peace